0: and encouragement. It is my sincerest hope that the reflections that you will hear today on this broadcast will truly touch your heart, and in a way, show you that your life is worth living. Hello, my dear friends, and welcome to this week's edition of Bishop Sheen Presents. I'm your host, Al Smith, and I want to thank you for joining me during this Advent season to uh, listen to a little bit of the wisdom of the venerable Archbishop Fulton J. Shane. Many of us are challenged at this busy time of the year. We want to focus on Jesus. We want to uh, truly uh, put ourselves in that place where we meditate on the coming of our blessed Lord into the world. Yet there's many competing forces uh, with the Uh, loud voices of materialism, uh, the hustle and bustle of life. Uh, There are many things that get in the way. And so uh, we're going to take a few minutes today to just have uh, Archbishop Sheen uh, help us to focus on Jesus. And he, of course, spoke to millions each week on his television show, Life is Worth Living. And so I wanted to share two of those episodes with you today. Uh, The first one is titled, Content with Sawdust Brains, and uh, I won't uh, give away too much of the plot, but I will tell you that they used sawdust in many of the dolls uh, and toys that they created uh, many years ago, so uh, just a little bit of uh, fact-finding for you there. And uh, again, we will uh, focus on the lighter side of Fulton Sheen when he gives his second reflection uh about uh, superman and christmas and he knew that many of us have uh, followed the action figures of the day and so he knew that we were in the world but he wanted to bring us out of the world uh, bring us into the heavenly kingdom And so uh, these two reflections today will touch your heart and of course help you during this advent journey and so without further ado may i present to you the venerable archbishop fulton j sheen as he gives a presentation entitled, Content with Sawdust Brains. Please enjoy.
1: Friends, I have a very humiliating story to tell you about a bishop. This friend of mine went to Texas, and, and a friend uh, loaned the car. And while he was being driven from one city to another, the chauffeur kept addressing him as, yes, Rose, no, Rose. <laughs> and that's right, Rose. <laughs> And finally, the bishop said, uh, I'm a bit curious. Why do you call me Rose? He said, that's the way the madam told me to address you. No, said the bishop. It could not possibly have been that. Well, what did he say? Uh, Well, uh, he said, you should say either your excellency or your grace. Oh, grace, grace, Rose, Rose. I knew it was a lady's name. Tonight we are going to tell you about Christmas. Just suppose that you came into a city, a perfect stranger, and you saw many people walking down the street, hilarious and gay and happy and exchanging gifts and greetings with one another and showing every manifestation of affection, and you found no apparent reason for it. You would wonder if they were out of their heads. At this time everyone is happy. I wonder if they know why they're happy. It has every aspect of being a marriage. We shall tell you the story of Christmas in terms of dolls. Yes, dolls. But before we show you the dolls, I must tell you something about Christmas in the world and what it has done to the world. Christmas has done, first of all, something to time. And then... Something to space, and finally to the missing link. First of all, Christmas did something to time. Everyone is born in a certain era of time. Say one. When eternity came to this earth and established his beachhead in Bethlehem. Time was struck with such a terrific impact that it was split in two. That is why all the periods of history are divided since the first Christmas into the period of before Christ and after Christ. Anno, Domini, the year of our Lord. And even the communists who deny God and are anti-Christ. They nevertheless have to date all of their newspapers. as was 1,953 years after his birth. And then space, too, was turned upside down. The Greeks used to believe that their gods were dwelling on Olympian Heights, and that worried them to some extent. Because if God is way up there, what does he know about our sufferings? They wanted a God who was down in the dust of human lives. God that was way up there, what did he know about being a refugee? Being homeless. Was he ever betrayed? Did he ever suffer? Did he ever come close to death? And when the Son of God was born under the floor of the world, He shook the foundations of the world and turned space upside down. For up until then, mothers always used to say, as they held children in their arms, Heaven is way, way up there. The day that this woman held a babe in her arms, it was true to say that she looked down to heaven. And finally, the missing link is related to Christmas. During the last 100 years, men have been concerned about finding their relationship to the beast. And it is during that period of time that man has most acted like a beast. Christmas is the discovery of the missing link, not the link that binds a man to the beast but the link that binds man to God. And that divine babe is the real cave man, born in the cave of Bethlehem. And the light that is shining in his eyes is not that of a beast coming to the dawn of reason, but the light of a God coming to the darkness of men. And his name is not Piltdown. His name is Christ. For he is the link, being God and man, between both. For life, we discover now, is not a push from below, but a gift from above. Such is Christmas in relationship to history. Now, I'm going to explain it to you in terms of God. And... You see, there are dolls who have been broken. And you've heard the music, have you not, of Miss Peavy. She takes the part of a doll, and she wonders whether the little girl will love her anymore. Listen to her now. As she asks the girl.
2: I'm a little doll who was dropped and broken, falling off my mommy's knee. I'm a little doll who has just been mended, now won't you tell me please? Are my ears on straight, is my nose in place? Have I got a cute expression on my face, are my blue eyes bright? Do I look all right to be taken home Christmas Day? When I first came here just a month ago, brought in by a little girl who loved me so, she began to cry till they told her I could be taken home Christmas Day.
1: some of the broken dolls that we're going to use to illustrate Christmas. Which one is the Tony? (laughs) This one has an Italian hairdo. It looks like
3: spaghetti.
1: (laughs) This has a hole in its head. It's very open-minded. This one was asked a question about whether or not he was a loyal American and he had been trying to hit the Fifth Amendment and lost his head to Russia. <laughs> this is the only boy in the lot. He asked for a woman's hand and found the rest of his life he was under her thumb. <laughs> well, these were the broken dolls, and the little girl was very much concerned with the broken dolls, and she asked the broken dolls if they would like to be mended. And they were rather indifferent to it, and then she said, well, how would you like to become a little girl? You have only sawdust brains, and you've got just a rag heart. You have no life in you. Wouldn't you like to be alive just as I am? And the little doll said, first of all, how do we know there's any such thing as a life beyond us? We only know sawdust. And then the doll said, that means we'd have to get cleaned up, doesn't it? And we like to be dirty. (laughs) So the little girl was very much concerned as to what she could do to induce the dolls to become little girls. And she heard of a lady that could make the most beautiful doll that ever lived, though she'd never made a doll. And the little girl, whose name was Gundy, sent an angel to this beautiful lady and asked her to make a doll. And the little girl, in order to teach the dolls what they should be, became a live doll. And this is the little girl. The girl told told the dolls that if they would become alive like she was, they could think and they would know things that they never knew before and they would also love one another. And she did everything she could to induce the dolls to become little girls. And some of the little dolls did consent to be little girls, and then the others went off to the (laughs) psychiatry. Now to make the application, these dolls here represent human nature, battered and weary, worn, full of anxieties and fears, have some knowledge but is very incomplete, have an aspiration for goodness, but there still does not seem to be enough inner power to implement that desire. And then, too, there's a kind of a drag toward evil. And God wants to know if they would like to become not just creatures, but his children. And just as the dolls became little girls so that they were alive with the life of a human being, so God asked that man become a child of God. And he did not want to destroy human freedom. But what he did was to come to this earth as a man. He went to the most beautiful woman who ever lived. And so an angel said to her, Will you give me a man? And the woman said, Fiat, be it done. Just as the little girl had gone to a great lady and asked to become a doll so that she had within herself her own human nature and her own human personality, and with it the nature of the doll, so too God asked this woman to give him a man, so that in the person of Christ there was the nature of a man, there was the nature of God, they were united, in the person of God. Just as imperfectly, I have a body, I have a soul, the nature of each is different, but I'm still one person. And so he came to this earth in order to try to induce us, in order to change our nature, to be more than we are. He pointed to all creation that he had made. And he said here, for example... Chemicals are becoming plants, and plants are becoming animals, and animals are being transformed into man. Why should not man be transformed into something divine? Not that man would ever be as divine as he is. Man could in some way share his nature, and then have added to his human reason, light that transcended human reason, namely the light of faith, and then have added to his will a strength and an energy and a power that was not of earth that would enable him to do the things that were good and righteous. Therefore, you see, when he came to this earth, it was not to give us a code was not to give us a law. It was not to have some secretaries write books that we might read and carry about with us, merely as we might carry about Plato or Socrates. It was rather that we might be infected with his divine life, and not just be men, but children of God. And when finally eternity came to time and housed himself in that flesh taborium of his blessed mother, remember that at Christmas you cannot separate a babe from a mother. If you do, you will soon separate Christ from Christmas and he housed himself in his mother. And she thought about for a place where he might be born. And following an edict of Caesar Augustus, she went to the royal city of Bethlehem, for she was of a royal family. And the story simply is, you remember, there was no room in the inn. The creator came to this earth, There was no room for him, no room in the inn. The inn is the gathering place of public opinion. There was no room there. And there in this place, it was called the house of bread. Be'eth Lechem in Hebrew. He the living bread is laid in the place of food. The manger. And the angels speak to the shepherds and say and this will be to you a sign. A sign of what? A sign that God on earth in the form of a man. What will be the sign? This will be the sign. A babe wrapped in swaddling clothes and laid in a manger. Omnipotence, swathed in the bonds of humanity, eternity and time omnipresence in bonds. The bird that built the nest is hatched therein. There came to the babe shepherds and wise men. Shepherds, those who know, they know nothing. Wise men, those who know, they do not know everything. Never the man with one book never the man who thinks that he knows. The only two who ever find the God-man are the very humble and simple, like the shepherd, and the very learned, like the wise men. Now that Christmas is on the problem that confronts each and every one of us is what does it profit Christ to be born in Bethlehem a thousand times unless he's also born in our own heart? Not everyone wants to be born like the dolls. Not every one of them wanted to be clean. Some of them say they want to have their nature changed, and then the others run off to Freudian psychoanalysts. Those who want their nature changed, find themselves living in a different world with a different mind and a different love. They're so very happy. You want to go through life with sawdust brains, with rag hearts, loveless bodies, that's the challenge of Christmas. It is not something that has happened, it is something that is happening. And hence the great question that we have to ask is, in terms of the doll, is my heart on straight? Is my soul in place? Do I have a love expression on my face? Is my soul full of God's light? Do I look all right? To be taken to the crib on Christmas morn. You remember the poem of Chesterton? in a stable where wild beasts feed and foam. Only where he was homeless are you and I at home. God love you.
0: You are listening to Radio Maria, a Christian voice in your home. I'm your host, Al Smith, and I want to welcome you to our Bishop Sheen Presents program. And I hope you enjoyed that first reflection titled, Content with Sawdust Brains. You can see how Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen gets to the point. He reminds us that it's all about Jesus and that we need his mother, the Blessed Virgin Mary, for wherever she is, we can find the Lord. So I pray that you will be able to carve out some prayer time in the next few weeks as we continue to prepare our hearts for the coming of our Lord. As I said earlier in my opening comments, it's a busy time of the year. There's many distractions, uh, but still, uh, we can make that time. And I know that New Year's is just around the corner and we'll be making our New Year's resolutions but I'm sure we have a list of things we'd like to accomplish here before the end of the new year. And for many of you, I know it's uh, the acquiring of some timely wisdom from Archbishop Sheen. And I want to thank everyone who has participated in our charity book program. Uh, I've been mentioning it a few times over the year. Over the last few weeks, um, many people are always looking for quality books, and uh, we have uh, two uh, great partners in Sophia Institute Press and Tan Books, who have extended uh, very generous discounts to our Radio Maria audience. The good folks at Sophia Institute Press have offered us a 25% discount on all of their books, and if you visit their website, SophiaInstitute.com, Again, that was SophiaInstitute.com and look through their great selection of over a thousand books and uh, whatever you choose. Uh, At the end, when you check out, use the promo code SHEEN25 and receive that generous 25% discount. And so uh, again, my thanks to Sophia Institute Press. I've had the privilege of uh, publishing five books with them, uh, all anthologies on uh, Fulton Sheen's writings on the cross, on God's love, on prayer, on the sacraments, and even on war and peace. Uh, How do we find peace in the world today? So uh, there's lots there. So again, sophiainstitute.com. And not to forget our good friends at Tan Books, who are offering us a 15% discount on their complete lineup. Uh, of course uh, when you go onto their website they have thousands of books uh, and uh, again during the checkout process use the promo code SHEEN and uh, you will receive 15% uh, on any of the books that you choose. And they always have uh, $5 book specials, which are fabulous. Uh, I know they have Archbishop Sheen's uh, book on St. Therese there for $5. And so, uh, again, a great value there. But, um, again, there's something for everyone. And it's not just Bishop Sheen. It's other great saints that have written books over the years. Uh, And, of course, as I mentioned earlier, our humble little charity book program that is offered through bishopsheentoday.com. Visit the website, and uh, you'll find a list of 39 books that we offer uh, to give during the charity book program. Uh, It's our way of giving back to the community. Uh, A small donation of $20 Canadian uh, will entitle entitle you for us to ship you Uh, one of the books from the list of 39 and it doesn't matter where you live in the world um, Australia, the Philippines, uh, England, Ireland, the United States of America, Canada we will get the book to you and so uh, again uh, and we'll get it to you before Christmas too so uh, there you go Uh, again just the charity book program at bishopsheentoday.com. All right I sound like a salesman sometimes but I just have this uh, great zeal um, for seeing people um, embark on spiritual reading. Uh, there is so much there. I, I cannot tell you how much I've learned by reading Archbishop Sheen. He gives me uh, timely advice to share with my friends and family. So again, I've enjoyed his books for quite some time, and I highly recommend them to everyone. So there we go. All right, back to uh, the audio portion of these great uh, television shows that were created in the 50s and 60s. This uh, audio clip we're going to share with you is from uh, Fulton Sheen in 1966. Uh, Again, it was the Bishop Sheen show, and uh, he had uh, a program that he titled Superman and Christmas, and so I'll share that with you now. Please enjoy.
1: Friends. My mother told her little boy to go into the parlor and turn on television. He was distracting the mother. And he turned the dial, and he caught a picture of me on television. He ran out, said to his mother, Ma, Superman. Oh. Well, here is Superman in a new costume with even a new title tonight. Superman and Christmas. What has Superman got to do with Christmas? You know what Superman does, Batman. And then these men, we have Mother Planets. Isn't it interesting how many of those we have in our world today who, uh, first of all, seem to come from somewhere else, just as Superman does? And quickly, he changes his costume. He puts on, he goes into a telephone booth or a closet, just as an ordinary mortal. And he puts on the form and the habit of Superman. And then once he's broke through with this great power of his, then he begins to do wonders. He relieves us in our afflictions, helps damsels in distress, defends those who have been persecuted, the lover of the poor and the socially disinherited, and this intensely pleases the American people. Why is it that programs of this kind are so popular. I think there's a subconscious reason, almost an unconscious one. First of all, we know that the help that we need is not just among us ordinary mortals. And the affairs of daily life. If we are to have the inner strength that we need, it has to come from outside. We've never expressed this, perhaps in so many words, but we know the need of it. And Superman, Batman, and men from other worlds. They satisfy our needs, at least from the point of view of imagination. They give us what we lack. We know that of and by ourselves we are not enough. Just as the music that we love is the music we already have in our own hearts. So, too, the amusements that we like are the unconscious expressions of hidden desires. Superman is the desire for Christmas. It should not be hard for our generation to understand Christmas. Now, I'm going to show you how Superman and Christmas are somewhat alike. I really didn't need to use this blackboard tonight, but uh, I'm going to use it just for this one illustration so my angel can clean it. It would be terrible to have a Christmas show and not use my angel. (laughs) The Superman comes from outside. There's a kind of a breakthrough. Is that clear? Oh, yes, it gets clearer, doesn't it? As you're right. This is unusual chalk. (laughs) Invisible chalk. First, there's a breakthrough. And then, because he helps others, there is a kind of a renovation, a strength, strengthening, and aiding. Now, Christmas is just this. First, there is a breakthrough. And instead of someone going into a closet and taking on the form and the substance of a superman, the breakthrough this time is the God, God coming down to earth, breaking through time. Splitting it. Splitting it so much so, that from that time on to this, it's B.C. and A.D. But there's this difference from Superman. And this is very important. Superman goes from weakness to power. The breakthrough of Christmas is from power to weakness. You saw the picture of the crib when the show began. Here is infinity and littleness. See, this isn't a man getting strong. This is a god becoming weak. He who made the world, in the world, even rejected by it. He who made the nest, as nestled therein. The tiny little hands that are not quite long enough to reach the huge heads of the cattle. Are the hands that hold the reins. Steer the sun and moon and stars in their courses. He's wrapped in swaddling bands. Divinity enclosed, wrapped, confined, cabin cribbed. Helpless as a babe. What a difference between Superman and this breakthrough. Not a manifestation of power to please the pride of man, but humility, to humble man's pride. This, uh, this idea of a God becoming a man that you saw there in the crib is something that's very hard for us to realize. Just suppose a, suppose you love dogs, and you were sorrowful for the way dogs were treated by some masters or neglected, and you had the power to dispossess yourself of your body, but you could do with your soul what you wanted, and you took that soul of yours and you put it into the body of a dog. and when you did that you would resolve but rarely to exceed the limitations of that dog organism what a humiliation that would be you know you know that you had a mind that could write poetry and that could study science and absorb literature and understand Dante and Aquinas, and yet here you were in the body of a dog. And then there would be another humiliation. And that other humiliation would be because you went into the organism of a dog, you would have to associate with other dogs, knowing all the while That you were better, that you were a man. You think it humbling to become a dog just simply to give dogs examples of good conduct? Well, what do you think it is for this breakthrough? Not going into a closet, but going into a stable and a being bound with swaddling bands. That's the difference in the Superman. Weakness instead of power. And then the other difference is that Superman, when he comes to this Earth of ours to do his wonders, only touches the environment. He touches what is outside of man. In other words, I've never seen chalk like that before. (laughs) Angel, where did you get it? (laughs) You've got to wait for an effect. It's like telling a funny story. It just doesn't happen all at once. All that he, all the Superman does is to change circumstances on the outside. But he does not touch man on the inside. That's the difference. And when God becomes man, when we have Christmas, he leaves circumstances very much the way they are. He leaves Roman soldiers parading through the streets. The same problems, pain suffering and hunger and so forth, but he begins reforming the hearts of men. And once they are reformed, Then, if they live according to his way, then they'll do away with these boring things of indigence and suffering. So the God man works in the heart of a man. It's very much as if. Now I wonder if my angel will use an invisible eraser. (laughs) Now this, uh, this internal operation of God, when he comes to this earth, may be likened to, uh, to a plague. Suppose that there was oh, something in the world today like the Black Death during the Middle Ages, remember, that wiped out one third of the population of Europe. And suppose a great scientist found a remedy for that plague. And he made the remedy available to the whole human race. There would be some who would come to be relieved. Others might not. Now, that's just exactly what happened when God came to this earth. We're all willing to have our circumstances changed. We'd like to have more money. Maybe live in a different house. do we want our thinking changed we want our loves changed and the god man who came to this earth came for the remedy for moral and spiritual plagues came to make us happy on the inside not everyone wants it he came into his own and his own received him not Now, this is Christmas in terms of the Superman. Now, let me reduce it to a concrete case. The breakthrough, how he operates through what we call his grace. It means an illumination of the intellect and a strengthening of character. I did a great deal of work in my life in Soho Square District of London which is the international area of London. And in one church there, because I was an American, I had to get up early and read the first mass. The English sleep late. Well, this was Christmas morning, Christmas. And that night there had been a heavy London fog. Believe me, our smogs here in New York are nothing compared to the fog of London. When I opened the door, a limp figure fell in. It was a young woman. She'd been asleep against the door. It was almost frozen. And I said, how, how did you happen to be here? She said, I don't know, Father. I said, oh, Father? Yes, yeah, she said, I... I used to be a Catholic, but not anymore. I said, how did you happen to be here? Well, she said, I, I don't know. I was a bit drunk. Well, I said, men often drink because they like the stuff, and women drink because they don't like something else. What didn't you like? Well, she said, I didn't like the three men, she says, that I was going with. And they were beginning to find it out. I was playing false to them. So I got drunk. What is your name? She told me your name pointing to a, a uh, billboard on the Cross and Blackwell jam office building across the way. I said, is that your picture there? Yes, she says, I'm the leading lady in that musical comedy. Well, I went in made her a cup of coffee. <clears throat> and I said, come back now this afternoon. And she said, uh, I will come back on one condition. that you don't ask me to go to confession. I said, all right. She said, I want you to promise me faithfully that you will not ask me to go to confession. I said, I promise you faithfully not to ask you to go to confession. So she came back that afternoon before matinee, and uh, I said, we have a a Rembrandt and a Van Dyck in this church. Would you like to see them? She said, yes. So as we walked down the side aisle, we passed the confessional box. I pushed her in. (laughs) I didn't ask her to go. I always keep my promises. Well, she went to communion, she was there month after month and And then she became a nun in London. And she's still living as a nun. Now here you see the breakthrough, not the breakthrough into a crib, but the breakthrough, well, into a stable, a heart that's a stable. And then when the breakthrough happened, there was a change a renovation of heart and character. So that she was no longer what she was before. It was not the outside that was changed, it was the inside. Now that's what Christmas is. Christmas is not just something that has happened, it's something that is happening. And some of us, we're afraid of it. It's very much like people go through life not knowing they have cancer. They're unhappy, they're, on, they're sick, they're a bit miserable, but they don't know why. If a doctor tells them that they have cancer, then their whole attitude toward life changes. They may be able eventually, to find a remedy. So people stay away from this babe of Christmas. they stay away from Christ, they're a bit afraid. Unbelief is dread of the truth about ourselves. That's unbelief. Faith is a willingness to face the truth about ourselves. And when we do, well, once that original dread is overcome and we admit the breakthrough, then we're changed. And then our mind is illumined, our will is strengthened. We have a great joy and happiness. So I say, therefore, it's hard for some people to accept Christmas, but I'm going to give you a tip. Because I'm talking to everybody. I always do on television. If you do not want to start there, in that stable, with the full recognition of that breakthrough, I will tell you where to start. Start loving your fellow man. Start loving your neighbor. begin to love him not just because of what he can do for you or because of any pleasure anyone gives you but just love him as a fellow man and then eventually you begin to see that he's a creature of God the only unhappy people in this world Are the people who are selfish. And I have known in this world some people who just loved humanity. Won't you begin to love? Really? And truly? Please do that for me. And you'll eventually come to know the true meaning of Christmas. Then you'll have a Merry Christmas.
0: You are listening to Radio Maria, a Christian voice in your home. I'm your host, El Smith, and I want to thank you for joining me for this week's edition of Bishop Sheen Presents. I hope you enjoyed these two reflections uh, with a Christmas theme. Again, content with sawdust brains and Superman and Christmas. Again, Fulton Sheen knew how to stir our hearts in a way that would remind us that Jesus is the reason for the season. My dear friends, I ask you to be generous to Radio Maria. Uh, they have provided uh, hundreds of thousands uh, if not millions of souls, uh, just food for the journey. Uh, the rosaries, the litanies, the uh, many good programs that are on the air 24 7. Again, we need your help, and uh, again, we need your prayers most especially. And of course, a very special tribute to my fellow volunteers at Radio Maria. Uh, and I remind people, we are volunteers. We are not paid um, workers. We do this because we love to share our time, our talent, and our treasure. And so, uh, you know, and people who know me know that I am uh, a village plumber. I have been a pipe fitter uh, for 30 years Uh That's what I do. Some people call me the Pipe Padre, uh, kind of a nickname. I'm this uh, local plumber that uh, goes on the radio um, all over the world. But still, uh, again, I'm a man of trade. Uh, Not, you know, again, St. Joseph. (laughs) I think of that beautiful... You know, we refer to him as a man of trade, and so I'm blessed to be a man of trade, but also a man of faith. And so uh, it's great to share the faith with you on this platform. And so, uh, again, I just ask you to be as generous as you can to uh, Radio Maria and to, uh, again, your local Catholic radio station, wherever you may be listening. And um, again, I cannot tell you uh, enough about uh, Bishop Sheen today, Uh, the website that has all these videos, hundreds of recordings, uh, books, Uh, please give us a visit and uh, we always like to say a thumb up, um, two thumbs up, Uh, but still, you know, the way social media works, it's all about likes and visits and things like that, so uh, it is all good. Uh, I am a little giddy because of course I am catching the Christmas spirit and I hope that you will share my joy and uh, again I invite you to share uh, Bishop Sheen presents with your friends and families uh, wherever you can. My dear friends, uh, the hour that we spend together flies by so quickly and I'm looking at the clock and realizing that again this program has come to a close and so until the next time that we meet, may the good Lord continue to bless you and keep you. May the Lord let his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And may the Lord look upon you kindly and bring you peace. God love you.
4: Oh, come all ye faithful, joyful,